um, Living Single might be the last time where we saw like black men and women moving in unison. Like your win is my win, your loss is my loss, and actually really care about how the other party fares in dating and in their career. everyone this is alex and this is m welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what was just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content become a show producer on patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes curated playlists movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Today, we'll be debuting our long-awaited 10th season, Strong Female Lead. During the course of this season, Alex and I will be discussing iconic television series which feature tough, resilient, resourceful, witty, and all-around incredibly likable and memorable women. There's no shortage of such shows, so this season is going to be a long one, but we're giving our listeners only the very best for this landmark season. We're debuting GBB's 10th season with none other than one of the most beloved Black sitcoms of all time, Living Single. Living Single gave us not one, but four strong female leads. Four Black women living their best lives and learning about themselves and what they wanted from their partners in their careers. Living Single leaned on beautiful, intelligent leads who spoke for themselves instead of being led by ceaseless trauma as a plot. This highly successful series ended over 20 years ago. So why is it still so beloved and so impactful to this day? Stay tuned. everyone here are some details about living single the series is a sitcom it was created by yvette lee bowser and it was released from august 22nd 1993 through january 1st 1998 it's still currently in syndication has never stopped being in syndication all that time it originally aired on the Fox Network for five seasons and a total of 118 episodes. The series stars Queen Latifah as Khadijah James, our primary protagonist, Kim Coles as Sinclair James, later Sinclair James Jones. She is Khadijah's cousin and later Overton's wife. Erica Alexander as Maxine Felice Shaw, a.k.a. Max. She is Khadijah's best friend and former college roommate. Kim Fields as Regina Hunter, a.k.a. Regine. She is Khadijah's childhood friend and play cousin and Khadijah and Sinclair's roommate. John Henton as Overton Wakefield Jones, a.k.a. Obi. He is the Brownstone's handyman and Kyle's roommate, later Sinclair's husband. T.C. Carson as Kyle Barker. He is a stockbroker and Overton's roommate. He's also Max's on and off love interest. Mel Jackson as um, Ira Lee Williams, a.k.a. Tripp. 
he um, comes through in the very last season, and he is Regine and uh, Khadija's new roommate. So these are all of our major players, seasons one through five. We get a huge cast of recurring characters, though, and guest stars on the show that are just top tier. Before we jump into season one, I want to talk a little bit about the show's creator, Yvette Lee Bowser. Yvette was the first Black woman to have a series on prime time. This was a big deal, and she was still a very young woman, uh, 28 or 29, when Living Single aired. She had experience prior to this. She had worked on the Cosby Show spinoff, A Different World, which is one of my favorite shows. She even had her own production company, Sisterly Productions. She also went on to produce and write on other series like Half and Half. You know, she's done great work and should be a household name. Um, but the reason I bring her up is not just because she's a Black woman doing who's doing big things at such a young age on television, but because shows like Living Single and Half and Half, for me, make it quite clear that representation is just as important, if not more, behind the camera than it is on camera. It's very clear that these characters were created by and written by a Black woman, that they're just not black on screen but that a black woman wrote them with intention absolutely yvette uh, lee bowser is definitely one of those um legends only as the kids like to say uh <laughs> creators um she is a pioneer so living single very famously came out uh in 1993 and so then the following year literally a year after which is why it's so funny a sitcom uh, of a very similar nature would come out. You know, a little show called Friends. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Don't It doesn't ring a bell. And I had told you that I don't really, I've seen clips of Friends, but I've never really watched Friends. So after I watched Living Single, I like watched a couple of episodes of Friends and like, yeah, they, the Leavette like has a reason to feel a type of way. Everybody should have all the smoke for, for Friends. Uh, it's, it is the same show. <laughs> They didn't even try to, like, kind of make it different. Friends had four girls and two guys, and, and like, and uh, well, well, Living Single had four girls and two guys, and Friends had, like, three guys and three girls, so it's different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, uh, they made the apartment different, and that's it. But obviously, Living Single is canceled after five seasons, and Friends goes on to have ten seasons and becomes this incredibly, like, wildly successful, like, cultural icon like I guess white cultural staple um mainstream cultural staple and then even furthermore uh you'll have like a UK version of friends after like in the 2000s called coupling coupling was funnier than friends for those who are interested so in recent years a lot of people have had a lot of questions <laughs> for the friends. And unfortunately, it get the questions always end up going to like uh, the cast of friends um, instead of the real culprits, the creators. So Thank you were just the writers, the creators. They knew what it was when they showed up. Those are who rightfully should be answering those questions uh, because it does look funny in the light. I will say that. It looks very, very funny in the light. Like, I grew up with it. I remember I really loved the theme song. <laughs> which doesn't that make any great sense. song no the, the rooftop choreography still has my heart i mean listen that rooftop choreography was like is iconic i remember like 
And, like, I swear to God to you guys, I did not watch this show, but I remember trying to do, like, the girls' dance on the rooftop (laughs) as a kid. Like, because I just, I would see it, like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) If you didn't try the dance at least once, you were not a Black woman existing in the 90s. You just You weren't. You were not a Black kid in the 90s if you did not try to do that dance. And and I knew the song. I knew the theme song by heart. Um, And I loved it. But I, I didn't really watch this show. Like, it wasn't wasn't a thing I did even when I got older. So this is my first time sitting down and watching it, watching it. And it's great. I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel like the show holds up really, really well. Yeah. Let's talk about these characters. Let's get into favorite moments and stuff. Um, I love, I don't know who I love more. Like I, I really don't know who I love more. I, I feel like on sex in the city, which I, I can pick like my definitive favorite. <laughs> my love for all these women oscillates. <laughs> like, because I love all of them so deeply. Like, I really like Sinclair because <laughs> she makes me, because like, I like her, just like her vibe, just her, like, it's all good. It's all like whatever, like, vibe. But then I also really like uh, Max's single minded determination. I also love her, like, incessant horniness. I think she's so <laughs> um, And then, but then I also really relate to Regine because Regine's, like, sing- singular determination to just be beautiful and have beautiful things in the world, I really relate to that, so. <laughs> yeah. And what I love... Yeah, and then, I, and then Khadijah just sort of is, like, the Earth mother who sort of balances them all out. But, like, I, I don't have, like, a particular favorite. They all, I love them all for different reasons. Yeah, same for me. I mean, I resonate with Khadijah in a major way because we're both type A personalities. Like, very, we like structure, we like schedules. I love Regine for exact same reason you love Regine. The love of the beautiful things. And I just love the way that she carries herself. Even when she has a bad day, she's always put together. I love that. I love a woman who doesn't wait for a man as an excuse to get dressed up and look her best. (laughs) I love Sinclair because I'm kind of like that whimsical girl, you know, I think for the most part, the world is is okay. People are cool. I'm a romantic, so I really resonate with Sinclair in that way. And I love how firm Max is. This was the first time that I saw a woman be so firm and like bossy on TV, and it wasn't it wasn't coded as a character flaw. Right. It's just it's a part of it's just a part of who she is. Right, right. And I like that. Like, she says what she means, she means what she says, and she's not coy. I've never really liked passive aggression in other people. And it wasn't until Max that I realized why I don't like it. Life is just so much easier if you just say what you mean and say what you want. <laughs> just do it. So I love Max for that reason, because she she really was that one that I feel like, as a young girl, made me feel like it was okay to just speak my piece. So that was another thing about the show. It was also really wonderful to see, like, all these sort of legendary, legendary uh, actors beyond um, the main cast uh, in, like, their sort of, like, in their beginnings. That's always the fun... That's always a really fun aspect about watching, like, older shows. Um, Obviously not Queen Latifah, because she's just... More so Queen Latifah, it just made me realize how how big of a deal she's been for so long. <laughs> right. She's been out here for a minute. She's been out here. She's really we just we don't talk about her her legend status enough. Like 
she doesn't get mentioned in legends only conversations, but she's very much in that league, like truly a legend. Like I, I mean, nuts. By the time living single is happening, she's huge. Like she's a huge mm-hmm. star. Big, big right. Star. Her rap career is big. She's been in several movies at this point as well. I know she was in like uh, um, a few of the house party movies, um, uh, uh, several of the kid and play productions at this point. So she she has like acting under her belt. She's got the rap game on lock. She's just doing it. It's like she, yeah. so she, it, she and Kim Coles, who plays Sinclair, they had a product, a development deal with Fox, and mm. so they were, they were like the spearhead. They, they knew that they wanted them on a show together, and so the show that became Living Single was originally called My Girls, and then they they changed the name to Living Single before production, and we have what we have now, but they, the Fox saw the potential in both of these women. Kim Coles is another one. She's been out here making people laugh for a long time. And that's what the Sinclair character was supposed to do. Like all of them were comedic relief in their own right. But Sinclair was like supposed to be the funny character. So let's talk a little bit about that. First season, they gave them 27 whole episodes, which is kind of a big deal for a live action sitcom, especially on Fox. And the series opens with basically like, a Khadijan regime living together. One of their roommates just left. Max has her own place. She always has, even though we never see it, because <laughs> she's always at their apartment. And Khadijah's cousin, uh, Sinclair, is moving, I think, from Minneapolis to come live with them in the big city. And she definitely looks every bit the country bumpkin when she arrives. <laughs> and she's so cute, and she's so charming, and Overton is immediately smitten with her. It's like love at first sight out here. <laughs> <laughs> which is cute like i love that i love i know people like the slow burn and their relationship d- doesn't move too fast it, d- it definitely does have a slow burn but they make it very clear from the beginning that he is romantically interested in her it's not like oh he goes through all of these women and then he realizes eventually that he loves sinclair no he knows he wants to be with her from the moment he meets her yeah and then and and then when they eventually get together, it's always, um, he's like, oh, my fuzzy bear, like, I love you so much. Like, he's he's super into her. All he wants to do is, like, make her happy and and everything that, that any problems that arises, it's usually, it's either, like, you know, your classic sitcom miscommunication or it's, like, I just want to make my fuzzy bear the happiest fuzzy bear to ever be fuzzy. Like, something, <laughs> you know, really cute and sweet like that. They really had the the pet the pet names game on lock. Um, they did. <laughs> like, so much. I also want to give a shout-out to the creators of Living Single for the Overton character specifically and how he relates to Sinclair. Because this was the first time, and probably one of the last times, where I saw a Black woman not just be affectionate to a Black woman, but not be afraid to be... Um, publicly vulnerable with her he didn't care what other people thought when you know he called her pet names or she called him pet names in public he never looked embarrassed or ashamed that other people might hear how they interact with each other he was just so happy to be with her right there are tons of times where kyle like makes fun of him right like kyle is always making fun of of overton to be like oh like you're so silly but he's like you know no i'm good i'm happy Happiness is important. (laughs) Right. Like, everyone kind of gets on Overton for being whipped. Like, even the women. Like, even Max and Khadijah kind of tease him a little bit about, like, just how besotted he is with Sinclair. But, like, 
at the end of the day, all of them know that like this is real love, and they're all really happy for the two of them, which is important. Right. Right. Um, so she comes to live with them and we kind of get into a dynamic very early on. Like you said, sitcom miscommunications between the tenants of the Brownstone, Regine, Khadija, and Sinclair. And their fr- uh, Khadija's friend Max is always coming over um, to hang out at their apartment. And um, eating them out of house and home. Oh my God, she never stops eating. <laughs> I'm like, why? I was like, Max. She, she even eats aggressively. Have you seen how like firmly Max chews? <laughs> She does. She chews so firmly. <laughs> like, like, don't eat jaw hurts. <laughs> she's eating like she's trying to like stop the 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 Cheetos to death. And you like, know, Kyle and Overton live above them in the apartment above them, and uh, they have a great dynamic. Let's talk about what everyone does. Actually, we haven't talked about that. Khadijah runs her own hip hop magazine, Flavor. Max is an attorney, a prosecutor. Kyle's a stockbroker, Overton's a handyman. Sinclair's in between jobs a lot of times on the show. And to be honest with you, I really don't remember what Regine does. The wardrobe supervisor is like, I need a new assistant. You want to like dress the people on TV? And she's like, uh, yeah. Like, and so right. I think, yeah, that's eventually what she, yeah, she's, she's, um, she's a wardrobe supervisor. She's an assistant. Yes. Yes. She does end up getting that job. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I know she did something cause it's a brownstone <laughs> in New York. You, you need to be doing something. Sis. Something. Uh, right. <laughs> like you uh, have to have a job. Regine is not a trust fund baby. In fact, when we meet, um, her mother and Khadijah's mother at the end of season one, we learned that like, not only did she have very humble beginnings, but her mom it actually takes pride in being very frugal and very thrifty. Right. And what's interesting about the moms, like we meet uh, Khadija and uh, Regine's moms on the Mother's Day episode in season one. The cool thing about it is like, cause you know, they grew up together, they're childhood friends and their moms are best friends. Rita James was played by Rita Owens, who is Queen Latifah's actual mother. And Regine's mom uh, was actually played by Chip Fields, who is Kim Fields' actual mom. So that was super cute to bring their real moms on to the show for the for those episodes. Um, right. But yeah, every time their moms rolled through, we got to see them. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg of all the really great guest stars that this show had. Like season one alone, Mark Curry from Hanging with Mr. Cooper um, rolled through. Uh, Cress Williams, who went on to play Black Lightning, um, rolled through for the first of many guest episodes. Uh, Arsenio Hall guest starred on the first season. We just we just met a lot of really really great people, and Flip Wilson, Ed McMahon, and by the time you know the second season rolled through and this show was like undeniably a hit, the guest stars just got better and better and better. So many incredible people. Like I was really taken aback to see like a super baby faced Terrence Howard. Oh God, yes. Terrence Howard now gives sort of gives off um, but he gives off sort of like a dangerous vibe. Um, yes. Yes. Like, just went on screen. His presence feels dangerous. On Living Single, he's not that at all. He's like this plucky, like little, oh god, oh golly gee shucks. Like, and that's so weird. That was like really disconcerting. But the first season of the show, I felt was really good and was a great springboard. The writers definitely knew where they were going because even though all the episodes were one-offs, I never felt like anybody behaved in a way that was out of character for the duration. Season one is really coherent, really cohesive. I get what I need from it for from a first season. So for me, uh, I'm season one is definitively good. 
Same, same. Season two, Living Single comes back. They give them another 27 episodes. And we open the season with a bang. Um, so season one uh, finale, Max and, and Kyle had gotten drunk together. And at the beginning of season two, they wake up in bed together after having had drunk sex. Now, we knew the chemistry was always there between them, even though they low-key hate each other. But the sexual tension could not be ignored. <laughs> Right, it's your it's your classic enemies to lovers trope, which is a favorite among among a lot a lot of people. And when we say enemies, like don't get it twisted. Like even when Max and Kyle were quote unquote enemies, they still treated each other um, with a, a certain level of of respect. Like there were certain there's a bar that they never went below. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the jokes um, were never, like, in bad taste. Right, right, right. And, you know, no, um, I feel like no no slander either. Like, you're not going to be out here, like, trying to ruin someone's reputation or anything like that. And no pranks. I know white people love pranks and practical jokes, but we don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You know, that starts the beginning of their on and off relationship that that goes through to the end of the series. And we just get to know everybody a little bit better. Sinclair leaves Flavor Magazine. She had been working as uh, one of Khadijah's assistants, but that wasn't for her. So she spends most of season two and three just trying to find her niche, find something that she's very good at, um, which is good. We need that one person who might not have their life together or doesn't exactly know what they want. I feel like a lot of millennials can relate to Sinclair on that front. I do, Listen, like, I, I know I do. Like, even though I feel like I found my thing that I'm supposed to be doing, I still have a lot of, like, crisis. So I, I really I really vibe with her on that aspect. Right, right, right. Queen Latif is giving, like, big lesbian energy, like, on this show. Like, it's undeniable. Now, let's be clear. She has a love interest, Scooter, played by Cress Williams. And they have very good chemistry. But when he's not around her, yeah, she's giving off very big lesbian energy. <laughs> she gives off such big lesbian energy. I, It's just so undeniable. Even when they're like, when she, when that basketball player is really into her. Mm-hmm. And he's so beautiful and she cannot generate like anything. <laughs> like That's how we know Cress Williams is a top tier actor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying her hardest. Queen Latifah really is trying. Like, listen, she's a professional, but like, it's not happening. There's nothing there. It's it's zero zilch, not a. Right. It's and it's not either of their faults. She just doesn't think of men in that way <laughs> at all. Um, we also got Kadeem Hardison from A Different World guest starring Kelly Perrin from uh, One on One. Um, Naughty by Nature guest starred this season. The iconic Jennifer Lewis guest stars. Will Ferrell guest starred. I didn't even remember that he had been on this show. Same. Um, I was surprised. And, I was so shocked to see him. <laughs> and the Regina King also guest starred in season two. So this was Will Ferrell early days because right. this was definitely pre-Zoolander, which is a movie that put him on when he was Mugatu and Zoolander. So right. this was before Zoolander. This was before Will Ferrell was a household name. And, you know, these shows are so interconnected because like I said, Kelly Perrin from One on One is here. Um, uh, Erica Alexander and T.C. Carson reprised their roles as Max 
and Kyle on Half and Half um, in a guest starring role. Um, and like T.C. Carson, Erica Alexander, Cress Williams, these people have all been recruited for the Black Lightning series. <laughs> mm. right. Like they're all on Black Lightning right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so... I mean, and that's what's so great about watching the show. That's what's so great about watching, I think, 90s Black shows in particular. Um, some of these famous ones that we're going through. It's like, it's re- it really is so wonderful to see people um, who you love and know, like, who still have, like, really wonderful, thriving careers. And can we talk about, like, how the 90s, how Living Single did its characters right? And these Black shows of Black producers does right by their characters, Living Single never let Queen Latifah's edges go without a touch-up. They never let Erica Alexander's dreads go without a retwist. They never let Kim Cole's braids go without looking fresh. They looked, Their hair looked laid at all times. <laughs> I tweeted something on my page yesterday about how one of my pet peeves is how I think in a lot of situations they'll either underlight Black people or they'll overlight them. Uh, and especially like overlighting, like in an attempt to make everybody look lighter skinned, but they don't really look lighter. They just sort of look ashy. Yes. <laughs> and it's annoying. Um, uh, Living Single doesn't do that. It's so nice to see <laughs> all of our, our leads uh, in their like sort of beautiful shades of brown Right, it is very nice, especially like when you consider that T.C. Carson and Erica Alexander are darker than the rest of the cast, and they mm-hmm. never look ashy, and right. nobody nobody else ever looks like washed out. So, I mean, honestly, top tier work. But season two, like I said, it was the same as uh, season one. I thought it was very good. It was very cohesive. We get deeper into the Sinclair and Overton relationship, and she learns to set boundaries in that relationship. I thought all the episodes between them were really, really good because it shows you how to, like, get past, you know, these very, very normal growing pains in a new relationship when you're trying to figure out how to be together. Kanisha gets deeper in her career. Max and Kyle try to figure their stuff out. And, you know, Regina's just living her best life, as always. I also really liked season two. I really liked it. I really loved the episode where um, Regine and Overton are, like, stranded in the blizzard. And, like, Maxine has, like, the... Max has, like, the pregnancy scare. That's that's a fun one. Um, And I... It's once again, I find all these episodes really wonderful and cohesive. They're all sort of like your standard um, sitcom type episodes. and But it's it's fun and, and these actors really make it wonderful. Do you have favorite episodes of season two? Um, yeah, I do. I really like episode four, working nine to 9.15. Um, that's when Overton thinks his neighbor is a serial killer. I really like Bursal While You Work, which is episode five. And that's when Regine and Khadijah sort of go head to head. I love episode 10, which features uh, for the 90s, for like the late 90s kids, uh, uh, the actor who voiced Iago in Aladdin, Mm. uh, Gilbert Godfrey. That's fun. It was fun to see him. Um, I also like There's No Ship Like Kinship, which uh, features Rosie O'Donnell. 
and I like Who's Scooping Who and episode 23 and I like uh, episode 26 talk showdown. I like all of those. I guess the others that I would add that you didn't say are um, episode nine, where Sinclair and Overton are trying to decide if they're ready to have sex. Abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. Episode 11, My Cups Runneth Over, where Regine has to decide whether or not to get breast reduction surgery. And probably episode 25, To Grandmother's House We Go, we see Regine and Khadijah's mothers again, where they go on vacation together and they leave the girls to babysit Khadijah's grandma. Um, yeah, those are my favorites from episode from season two. Um, so season two, good, bad, or basic. Another solid good. I liked it. It's strong. Solid good for me, too. So let's just jump into season three and our favorite episodes from that one. What are your standout episodes of season three? Come Back, Little Diva. That's our season opener. I also like uh, On the Rebound, episode three. I love uh, episode five, which I mentioned earlier, Rags to Riches, where uh, Regine becomes a wardrobe assistant. Episode eight, He Works Hard for the Money, featuring the incredible, uh, Mm. the undeniable... Uh, the OG, uh, no, one of the baddest to ever fucking do it. Um, Eartha Kit, uh, really, who really steals the whole episode, by the way. Uh, she can't help it. That's she how can't, she is. She can't help it. It's just who she is. Baby, I'm back again. Episode nine, uh, episode 11, Mommy Not Dearest. I really just love that, uh, just to see how long CCH Pounder has been in the game. Like mm, I love her. She plays Max's mom, right? Yeah. Oh, I love her so much. Shrink to Fit, which also has Jasmine Guy on it. Kiss of the Spider-Man. And then Compromising Positions. One of my favorite episodes, episode 12, where TLC was featured. The following is a sponsored program. I love that one. I love episode 9, Baby I'm Back Again, where Scooter proposes to, to Khadijah. I love the James Bond, where Khadijah and Sinclair try to figure out what to do with a savings bond that they opened when they were teenagers. Oh, yeah, that's such a good episode. Yeah. Great episode. Episode 21, A Raise in Harlem. This is where we we kind of see, like, um, Kyle's jazz skills. So T.C. Carson can sing, you guys. He could have had a career as a jazz musician if he weren't an actor. And uh, episode 27, the engagement part one, where Overton tries to propose to Sinclair. Oh, yeah. That one's a funny one. (laughs) He tries hard, you guys. But every time he tries, something goes awry. Something Um, goes awry. So uh, season three, good, bad, or basic? Uh, Once again, fun. Fun. It's a fun... um show and it's it's fun i don't really have yeah i think i'm gonna all my grades for this all the seasons are gonna be good just because like i think they and i will say that within itself is a feat because i think sitcoms by their nature just go stale um they get like sometimes it's easier easy for them to get lazy but uh the show really does keep up like a level like a consistent level in terms of the storytelling that they're doing and in terms of um these characters and and making and even when they repeat situations or repeat sort of like you know the the typical uh comedic setups they still find a way like 
the actors and and every and the writers still find a way to keep it fresh um and fun to the audience and that's really i think that's a hard thing to do and i think it's important and i i i like it so yeah yeah i agree i'll say that this all of the seasons were very good i'll take it a step further um you guys know if you listen to the episode mockery in the middle is my favorite sitcom and it's my favorite it beat out living single only because it went on for longer and the show centered a child protagonist and it's for me it's really hard to keep children interesting (laughs) um but this might be the only other show besides Malcolm in the Middle where I don't even have a favorite season. Like, I think all the seasons are equally good for what they are, and they grow at a very good pace. I don't feel like the show was going too fast or moving too slow or keeping any character stagnant, which can be difficult. But proof right here, it can be done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about season four. Do you have favorite episodes of season four? Yes, I I love our season opener, um, which is the engagement part two. That's fun. I like moi the jury the jury because we get to have like regime law edition, <laughs> like law procedural <laughs> edition. <laughs> and she's so goofy. Um, I really like uh, I've got you under my skin. That's seven episode ten virgin territory. I always find such a great one, (laughs) such a great one. Plus I'm always really interested in, um, I will, I'm always forever interested in narratives where like, uh, like men are just like, are, are like virgins. Cause it's always interesting to me. Um, cause we don't really talk about that a lot. So that's always, I, I always think that's an interesting time. Um, episode 13, mother inferior, uh, episode 14, The Clown That Roared. Um, oh my gosh, episode 19, where Jeffrey sort of makes it, where makes an appearance as himself, yes. kind of. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how they got Jeffrey because The Fresh Prince was an NBC show. So I know they pulled a lot of strings to get him on the Fox network as Jeffrey. Mm, right, right. right. <laughs> um, but I love, oh my God, I love it. It's so good. And. Uh, episode 21, One Degree of Separation, and then episode 24, Never Can Say Goodbye. Um, Yeah, I'll say my favorites were probably The Engagement Part 2, which was the season opener. Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Also Virgin Territory, episode 10. Episode 12, The Doctor Doctor in the House. Episode 13, Mother Inferior, where Regine's mother, Laverne, starts dating a millionaire. Oh, great yeah. time. Great it, time. Literally every time Regine's mom rolls through is it gonna be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> episode 17, playing house. Oh, this was a really, really good one. Episode 22, too good to screw. And episode mm. 23, Papa was a rolling stone where we meet Khadija's estranged father. He comes for um Sinclair's wedding. Yeah, ep- season four was really, really good. Everyone's life is just moving in a good trajectory. But by um, season four was only 24 episodes, though. So they lost three episodes. And then with season five, 13 episodes, we knew it was cancellation time. Yeah. So let's talk about season five. They really did try their best to wrap up a lot of things in season five. Season five, Regine does meet the wealthy man of her dreams, who does also cheat her right. 
who she happens to love. Um, so like, I love that for Regine because any other show would have tried to humble her for being a quote unquote gold digger. Right. By having her marry like a middle class dude. But no, she got everything she wanted. She was demanding and she got everything she demanded. And we love that for her. She got herself her Blair Underwood with the money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and the true love and all of that jazz. Overton and Sinclair were already married in season four. Max and Kyle decide that they do want to be together despite how they bicker and banter. This is the person for them. And she ends up getting pregnant. Um, I know. In season five. She went to she went to a sperm bank, you guys. And she chose sperm that happened to be the sperm that Kyle donated. What are the odds? What are the odds? What are the so, odds? <laughs> that baby's bone structure is going to be so good. So good. Them cheekbones, though. <laughs> Those cheekbones are going to be really incredible. Truly. We say kismet. Can we say destiny? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Khadija finally gets her work life where she wants it and decides that she is ready to be with Scooter. Like, we love it. We love it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, everybody everybody gets their happy, happy ending, which, you know, it's a sitcom. That's, that's how it's supposed to, to end. They still got 100 episodes in there. That's, that's nothing to, to, to sneeze at. 100 episodes is a big deal. Right. And yes, let me tell you what I love about this this show. Like, things that I love, let's start from the last season. I love that Max wasn't just out here pregnant, you know, from off a one-night stand or a man who didn't want to commit to her. She decided, I make good money. I have a good career. I want a child. I'm going to take control of the situation. And she went and got herself some sperm and is having her baby. I love that her and Kyle's relationship was based on the fact that they know they want to be with each other and not that they have to be with each other. Right. I love, oh God, I love Overton and Sinclair's romance. Like literally goals, goals. I love uh, Regine's happy ending. Yes. Yes. She cared a lot about money. Yes. She cared a lot about things. Is that wrong though? <laughs> Is that necessarily wrong? We don't shame women for we don't shame men for wanting beautiful women. Um, we shouldn't shame women for wanting rich men. You know, like Marilyn Monroe once said, "You won't you won't marry a girl just because she's pretty, but it sure helps, doesn't it?" <laughs> right. And um, well, for me in particular, the the Max storyline in particular stands out to me because it's so ahead of its time. Yes. Because um, even now a woman who is financially secure within herself and wants a child and is like, okay, I'm just going to do this. That's still something we're kind of like, huh? At so for the show, for the, so for the show to like think of it and specifically take the position that she's good for that, or there's nothing wrong with her for making that choice, even though she does get like Kyle in the end and like whatever, um, the fact that even before that reveals itself, that that final reveal, the show definitely takes the position of like, okay, great. Like, you want to do that by yourself, for yourself? Like, go ahead and fucking do it. Like, is is significant. 
Right, right, right. And I, you know, again, like I said about the Max character, just being very authoritative, being very, um, very firm about who she is, what she is and what she wants. I feel this is very in line with that character. But like you said, it's not something that we, we've seen on television a lot. I don't think I've seen it. Um, I really don't think I've seen it in this context. We do see it in another show, but it's in it's in the very specific context of trying to quote trap a man, right? Mm-hmm. It's not I'm going to do this for me, um, and you know make my future the way that I want it, um, or or take control of my own life and my own choices and my own reproductive health. It's it's not in that context. Um, so the way that Max is framed the way that all of these characters, the happy endings that they get are not just random either. They're very in line with who these people are and what they've been seeking from the very first season. <laughs> right. It, and it didn't just say black girls, we want you to win. It said like black women, your various, your various dreams and goals for your life are all valid. We have four very different women, right? There isn't mm. just like one archetype of what it means to be a black woman on the show or one archetype of what it means to be a black man. And also, like, none, the black women and the black men are not winning at the other's expense. Um, Living Single might be the last time where we saw, like, black men and women moving in unison. Like, your win is my win, your loss is my loss, and actually really care about how the other party fares in dating and in their career, where it's not, like, a battle of the sexes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that was actually really refreshing to watch as well, where like, you really feel like these six characters are a community. They're rooting for each other. We're rooting for them because each of these characters is so relatable. Like I even found Kyle and Overton relatable. Like I know they're male characters, but I also thought they were really relatable because I'm, I'm a very like affectionate person like Overton. And I'm also, I also really like numbers like Kyle and I definitely love the way that the show, when it does have male characters that are disrespectful to these women, it frames this as a very unacceptable behavior. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, anytime you come through with any of that, you know, calling a girl out of her name or trying to ruin her reputation, the show's like, no, no, no. Uh, 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 No, that's that's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. So... In a way, I feel like living single is probably more needed or a more necessary show now than when it aired. <laughs> yeah, I think there. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that a bit. There's so much I think that there's still to be learned from this show. Yeah. There's a lot to be learned from this show, and I think just like I think with Lincoln Heights, we said like if you're if you want to write black people you need to watch this show. Um, if you want to write period, you need to watch this show. I think this Living Single is also another one of those shows that if you are a writer or creator in any way and you wish to write Black people, or, or just like if you want to write period, if you're looking, understand something about healthy dynamics between Black people, <coughs> Bridgerton, <coughs> um white creators learned the term white privilege like like two years ago and now they're like oh I get this I know what to do like I've got it and it's like you don't have it because like we don't even really have it to be honest (laughs) like we're still 
we're still working through a lot of our own shit. Like we've got a lot covered, but like at the but also like there are there are a lot of like very sore points that you will step mm-hmm. on with your big ofy white feet. And that's why you as a writer, any writer, all writers should watch Living Single because I think that if you're aiming to have uh portrayals of black people in your things who have positive relationships with each other, all of these relationships and living single between all of these characters are positive and they are black and you need to like study what that actually is and what it actually looks like instead of just wafting out here into the wilderness, um, doing whatever the fuck you think you feel. Like, basically, if you're not Black and you don't want to see Black people win, maybe stop writing them. And if you, um, at the very least, assume that Black people have functional friendships and loving relationships. Just assume that, you know, we might be human, too. I don't know. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made Living Single good, bad, basic, and truly one of a kind. If you'd like to check out the series, Living Single is currently streaming on Hulu. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share with your friends. Tune in next week as we keep this season going with a recap of the hit BET drama, Being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane is currently streaming on Sling, so be sure to get into this series or go refresh your memory. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so choose your favorite and be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. You can find us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.